return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. When the Holy Spirit's in the midst of a group of people like this, and you think you think of like prayer time and, and everything like that too, but we're in the midst of, of people that want the same thing, um, it really opens up what the Holy Spirit can do, amen. Because we're, you're you're with people that maybe believe the same that you do and trust in the Lord, and you can you know the Bible says iron sharpens iron, right? So we get together, we sharpen each other, amen, for the glory of God. So that's uh, that's really good. If you like to give tonight, there's a giving station in the back and baskets as well. Uh, this week for announcements. On Wednesday, Pastor Dave is going to be speaking, uh, 7 to 8, Hour of Power. So we encourage you to come for Hour of Power. Before that, we'll have our prayer time at 12 o'clock. And I say this all the time, but we pray for you. We pray for your finances. We pray for your health. And then we pray for other things that the Lord puts on our heart. You know, things going on in the ministry, in the community. We just want to be a blessing. Amen. We just want to be a a blessing. So come on out on uh, Wednesday at noon. If you'd like to gather in some corporate prayer again, iron sharpens iron, amen? So it's good to see people out here. Thursday at 10.30 is the ladies' Bible study, and uh, and that's always a great time. So that's here at the tabernacle in the back there as well. I hear hooting and holler. I'm in my office, and there's hooting and hollering, and there's tongues and interpretations, and there's singing, and so that's, that's a great time. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. For, I just want to, before I start, and I don't know, I just feel led this way. Does anybody have a word? Does anybody have a word from the Lord that they'd like to share? Another, another word? Anybody? I just want to be obedient to the Holy Spirit tonight. Because it's not about me, it's not about me preaching or anything like that. It's about hearing from Him, amen? Okay. Huh? Brother Roger, you have a word? What? Three words. No, I'm joking. Here. No, say what's, say what's on your heart. But you should always be ready to uh, share the word, to talk about the goodness of Jesus. Sometimes we forget those things, but we need to stay plugged in. And I've been, matter of fact, I've talked to the ushers about it. But uh, what's my reasonable service? Mm-hmm. What's my what's our what's our reasonable service to the body of Christ? Should we be doing more? Should we be doing less? But what is your reasonable service? Serving Him. That's our reasonable service. That's right. Serving Him. Your turn, Levi. Oh, really? Amen. That's exactly right. Yeah. It was God's not here to harm you. He's here to help you. Ooh, I like it. I like it. 
not here to harm you, but here to help you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, Father, tonight we just thank you that you just use um, those that have already spoken, that have already given a word, that you use me just as a vessel to to say what you're saying to the church right now in in this time, in this day. We're so grateful for the opportunity just to be part of your army. Lord, we're so grateful for the opportunity to be alive for such a time as this. And we don't take it for granted. Lord, we thank you that we can be ambassadors, true ambassadors of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Tonight I want to talk about, I want to talk about opportunities. Amen. And, um, you know, so even just extending the mic is an opportunity, right? We have, we have different opportunities. If you didn't talk, that's okay. Um, but we have different opportunities in life. And we have opportunities for different things, amen? We have opportunities to witness, or we have opportunities to uh, lend a helping hand or to show kindness. We have opportunities in our life to exercise our faith, amen? And, and so being able to take those opportunities is important. Our life is filled with opportunities, right? And so most of us interact with many people on a daily basis. You know, a lot of, you know, I'm interacting with a bunch of people uh, I'm sure in jobs and, and just in life at the grocery store, you guys are interacting and people see you and, and you run into people that you know that are in your uh, sphere of influence. And we see people uh, and we have these brief moments. It might just be a moment. It might just be a couple minutes that you get to see somebody and right there is an opportunity. Maybe not an opportunity to go through the scriptures, but an opportunity to do something. Amen. An opportunity maybe to show kindness. And that's kind of a little bit more of what I want to talk to you about tonight, is we have these opportunities to show kindness everywhere we go. Right? We might not maybe have an opportunity to, to talk with somebody for half an hour about the scripture and about things that is really going to speak into their life. But I tell you what, even just one word, just like tonight, we had, we had, we had three words tonight, and I'm, I'm, I guarantee there was people that were blessed by each of those words that said, I needed to hear that. But what is that? It was an opportunity. Amen? And as, as believers and as, as messengers of the gospel, we want to take advantage of those opportunities. But then also, on the other side, we want to take advantage of hearing things that the Lord has put on people's hearts. We want to take advantage of those opportunities. Right? And so when, when we, you know, during, during, our, during our life, we're going to have pitfalls, we're going to have things that happen that aren't maybe going to go well in our life. And if we focus on those things, we're going to miss opportunities. We're going to miss what the Holy Spirit's trying to tell us. And for those brief moments, we get to show people kind of who we are. So we're talking about going into a gas station or a grocery store and how you interact with the cashier or the teller at the bank. That's a brief moment to show somebody a little bit about who you are, a little bit about your personality. And that's going to be the image they have of you. So if you see, if you go to the bank once every two weeks, or once every week, and you see the same teller maybe for two or three minutes, well, what happens? Over time, an image of you, when, they, when you walk into the bank, they know, oh, I know so-and-so. Even though you maybe don't know each other, but they know of you. They know what you're going to come in and do, and what you're going to come in and say. Amen. They know that if you're going to come up and show kindness to them, if you're going to come and maybe make some small talk or want to hear about 
a praise report that they have, or or they know if somebody's going to come in and they're going to be upset and they're going to be rude and their day is never going right. So we so they're either going to say, "Oh, great, here comes Bill," or they're going to say, "Oh, great, here comes Bill." But we have these opportunities to to minister to people, and they're really they're micro ministries. There's these micro these these just short periods of time where you have an opportunity to make the most of a visit with somebody that you see. If you're kind to them, they're going to see you as kind. That's the image that they're going to have in, in their head. Right? If we're indifferent towards them, or if it looks like we don't have time, that's how they're going to see us. They're going to come in, they're going to know, oh, this guy is in and out, he doesn't do small talk, he's not... Right? So every time is a snapshot of our life to them. And we can really decide, are we going to make it memorable? Do we want the time, even just the short time that we spend with them, to be memorable? If we complain or gossip to them during that five minutes, I mean, if we come in and we start talking about ourselves and how bad life is, they're going to see us as a complainer. They're going to see us as a gossiper. So we have all these different opportunities to have an impact on people's lives. We really do. You have an opportunity to have an impact on anybody's life that you meet. Galatians 6, 9, and 10. We'll start there tonight. It says, Let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. This just means we have opportunities to let our light shine. We have, our op- we have opportunities to do good for Jesus. Amen? Again, every time we see somebody, we want to do something good. Sometimes it gets in my mind, like if I'm having a bad day or if I just don't feel like talking to somebody, I think, if, especially if I'm like in another town, like at a tournament or something like that, I think, well, they're never going to see me again. But then I, then I have to stop and think, no, that's the wrong attitude to have. It doesn't matter if they're going to see me again. What matters is that somebody shows them kindness. And what matters is um, that God is seeing what I'm doing, and He knows my life, and He knows my heart, and how am I showing myself to other people? Am I showing myself approved for the Lord? Am I doing something unto the Lord? That's why we interact with people, and that's why we show kindness, and, and because Jesus did it. Because He's watching us. And we, the Bible says everything we do, do unto God. Amen? And so we want to do things unto the Lord. And then the Bible says don't grow weary while doing good. I think another translation says don't grow weary in doing good. What does that mean? Is that, that don't just stop because you're tired of putting on the smile or you're tired of talking to people or you're tired of witnessing. No, don't grow weary in doing it. Because if we continue to do good, in due season, we're going to reap if we do not lose heart. And I think a lot of people get this part wrong. It says we're going to reap. What do we reap? We reap souls. That's what we reap. The Bible says that the fields are, hard, are white for the harvest. What we sow is what we're going to reap. If we sow the gospel, we're going to reap souls for his glory. So that's what it means. We reap if we do not lose heart. And I think about this with family members, family members that have been lost for years, maybe. And as we continue to sow good things 
and we do good for them and we treat them well, we're going to reap if we don't lose heart, if we don't just give up on them. Verse 10, therefore, as we have opportunity, it says, let us do good to everybody. Do good to everybody that you come in contact with, everybody that you meet, especially to those who are the household of faith. I think of ministers that, that have had um, indiscretions in their past and that have become public, and you see some ministries kind of shun them, like, we're not going to touch them anymore because of this and this and this. But no, we want to even do good to those, especially, it says, to the household of faith. Those who are our brothers and our sisters. I know earthly brothers and sisters, when you're, at least when you're younger, maybe you don't get along as well with your earthly brothers and sisters. I know my sister and I, we drew each other crazy when I was growing up. But as we matured, we have this bond. We have this, we have this love for each other that only a brother and a sister could have for each other. Same thing spiritually. If we're, if we're fighting and we're contentious with our brothers and sisters in Christ, it means that we haven't grown up yet. Right? But as we mature in the Lord, we start to show respect. Even if they mess up an area, we show them love. We show them the truth and love. Doesn't mean that we can't go and we can't say what you're doing is wrong. Doesn't mean that we can't go alongside them and help help them to get back on the right track. But we still show them love. We still do good to them. And we let our light shine. We want to take advantage of those opportunities. Every one of us, every single day, we have, we have an opportunity to witness to somebody. Whether it's talking to somebody about Jesus or showing grace to somebody, even if they're at fault. I, I use this a lot when I'm driving. Okay, So when I'm driving and somebody cuts me off, or if, if, the, if the speed limit is 35 and somebody's going 15, I have to remind myself, all right, Lord, give me grace to give them grace. But what if I, what if I pass them and I throw my hands up in the air? That, that used to be my, like, my signature move if I got upset on the road, is, is I'd, I'd drive by and I'd just be like, what are you doing? What are you doing? But if I show them grace and I, and I just smile and wave, okay, they might not know, they probably don't know me, but... If I, if I act upset with them, how is that going to affect their day? If I, if I wave and smile at them, how is that going to affect their day? I talked about last time I spoke that we don't know everybody's situation. We don't, we're not walking in everybody's shoes, right? And so to us, it might just seem like, wow, they're a really poor driver, <laughs> or whatever the situation may be. Maybe there's something else going on that we don't even know. So in every opportunity, every situation, we want to try to make things better for the other person, right? And we do that by our actions. We do that by taking Jesus with us everywhere we go. You've heard the story of uh, the pastor's daughter in Sioux Falls. I think Pastor Dave mentioned it just a couple weeks ago, but she showed kindness to somebody in her grade, a senior. And he didn't really have any friends. He was an outcast. And so about a month before, I can't remember the whole story, but she just showed, she showed kindness to him. And at graduation, she, he gave her a note saying that he was going to commit suicide that night. But he didn't because of the act of kindness that she showed. And it wasn't like she was friends with him. They, weren't, they didn't run in the same circles or anything like that. It was probably just a few words. How was your day? 
I, I hope it goes well. Just acknowledging them. And I know sometimes for me, when I go into the grocery store, sometimes I, I just want to get in and out. But I tell you what, if I can just stop and I can, and I can keep my eyes kind of looking and I see somebody that I know or somebody that the Lord leads me to, and I'm obedient and I go over there, who knows what we prevent? Who knows what kind of impact that has on somebody's life? I was just at, uh, I was just at Once Upon a Child in Sioux Falls the other day. And Angeline and, and Mason went, in, went into the store, and I was just like, I'm just going to stay out in the car um, in, the, in the air conditioning because it was really hot. And so I was just sitting in the car, and this lady, older lady, pulls up next to me, and she has like two big bags that she's going to donate to the store. And, and so she gets her cart, and I'm just kind of watching. I wave hi. And, uh, and she gets her cart, and only one of the bags fit. And so... I can just see her like, well, what am I going to do? <laughs> you know, I, I want to take both bags in now. I don't want to come back and get one. So I just, what I did, yeah, what I did was, come on, no. What I did was I just got out of the car. I didn't necessarily, it wasn't like, you know, I was thrilled, but I just got out of the car because I had compassion on her. Just a small amount of compassion for, for just a small thing. And I just had compassion. I just said, hey, do you, would you like me to help you carry something? <clears throat> and she kind of looked surprised. She's like, yes. Thank you. And so I carried it in to the store for her, and, and she made the comment. She said, thank you so much. You, you saved my life. And I thought, probably not. But in her mind, that was a huge act of kindness. Like, that was very important to her that that, that happened. And I thought, praise the Lord. He can use even the smallest situations to uh, bring to brighten somebody's day. It's just It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to show love. It's an opportunity to be kind to somebody. We want to take every opportunity to be a witness because we don't know the effect of our witness. You never know who you're showing kindness to. And we want to look at every interaction as an opportunity. Again, we have many opportunities. Every interaction is an opportunity. Right? Every interaction is an opportunity. So we, have, we might have, maybe we only have four or five opportunities in a day. You might have 200, 300 opportunities, opportunities in a day. Whatever you have, make the most of that opportunity. doesn't matter what your circumstances are, what you're feeling. Just make the most of that opportunity. Matthew 25, 34. And I think of this, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll talk about it after we read it here. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you are blessed of my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. You know, he, he, the, the kingdom that is, that is his in the spiritual realm, it was prepared for us. Not just for him, but for us. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed, clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord... When did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in, or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Then he will also say to those on the left hand, Depart from me and curse into the everlasting fire prepared for the devils and his angels. So I'll get to verse 41 here. But I want to just preface 
uh, preface this by saying, be Holy Spirit-led. Okay? Because I always used to get caught up, if I saw somebody making, you know, wanting money on the side of the road, or needing a, a ride somewhere, I would, this verse would come to my mind. And the Lord finally told me one time, and I'd feel guilty, I'd drive by and I'd feel guilty. Because I just didn't, I didn't have a piece about, you know, giving somebody a ride that was, was on, and, and the, I, I felt guilty about it. And the Lord just told me, He said, we want to, we want to love, you want to love, but also use common sense. Okay? So that's why so many things, we can't just use, uh, the Bible as an algorithm. Right? We can't just say, oh, it says this, so no matter what, I'm just gonna do it. Even if, if, if it looks shady or whatever. No, the Bible, especially the New Testament is, is for those who have the Holy Spirit inside of them that can help teach us and direct us to do those things that He's called us to do. So it is true that we do want to, uh, feed people who are hungry, thirst, give people that are drink that are thirsty, um, take strangers in, as we're led by the Holy Spirit. Right? That's the important thing. As we're led by the Holy Spirit. We want to love people, but we want to use godly judgment as well. Because we don't live in a perfect world. Just because we show kindness to somebody doesn't mean they're going to show kindness back. And, and as Christians, that's a, that's a really important piece to loving people, I think. Because remember when Jesus, remember when he was in Samaria... And, and he was going into to the town, and the guys and, and the group of people didn't accept him. And they said, we don't want you here. And then James and John said, well, should we just call down fire from Elijah, like Elijah did from, the, from heaven? You're going to have people that reject you. Paul says, I, come, I, I, um, I become all things to all men so that I might, I might save some. There's going to be a lot of people that you're going to show love to that don't show love back to you. But if that's why we're doing it, we've missed it. We show love because the Bible says we should show love. We show love because Jesus said we should show love. If we have the attitude where we show kindness to somebody and they, they reject it, and we say, well, I'm not going to do that for them again because of how they treated me, we've missed it. We've missed it. We show love because that's what we're supposed to do. It means that we, should, we want to be led by the Spirit to look for those opportunities. And it's about our heart for people. It's about the heart. You know, the Old Testament was all external. You sacrificed externally bulls and goats and different things. And it didn't matter if you were sorry in your heart. As long as you did it, your sins were washed away or forgiven. And you could go the, the, the whole year, right? But in the New Testament, under the New Covenant, it's all internal. Okay, so if we get our heart right with God and we do things with a good heart, that's going to affect our actions. That's going that's going to affect the external. That's going to affect the sacrifice. That's going to affect the the obedience. And so we want to have a heart for people, that compassion that Jesus talked about, um, that Matthew, Mark, Luke and John talked about in the scriptures, that compassion that he had for people that just moved him to do good. And that's how we do good, is that compassion. Not out of obligation, but out of compassion. When we get down to verse 41, Then he will also say to those on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into everlasting fire, prepare for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, you did not take me in. Naked, and you did not clothe me. 
sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they will also answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Then he answered them and said, Assuredly, I say to you, as inasmuch as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go in away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. So whenever we see somebody and we know that we can help them and we know that we should help them, but we don't help them, we're not really rejecting them, but we're rejecting God. That's what that scripture is saying, right? Because they're saying, Lord, when, we didn't see you. We, didn't, we, didn't, we never knew that you were, were in distress or naked or in prison. We never knew that. You weren't here when, when we didn't do these things. And he said, no, if you didn't do it for somebody, you didn't do it for me. You didn't just reject them, you rejected me. And see, that's the thing about Christianity. That's the thing about loving, having a relationship with Jesus. Is The Bible says that they will reject you for his sake. But we should not reject them for his sake. Right? They will reject you for his sake. You might, want to, you might show an act of kindness and do something, and they do not want it, and somebody doesn't want anything to do with it. But we still show love. If you, if you see somebody that, that needs something, and you, and you try to give it to them out of compassion, and they reject it, and then the next day, they have the same need, go off for the same thing. They might reject it again. That's okay. Remember when Jesus sent out the 70, and he sent out the 12, and he said, if they receive you in... Go into them, but if they don't, wipe the dust off your feet, off your, off your sandals, right? In today's terms, off your hands. I'm clean of this. But what happens, again, if we see the same person a second time, or we work with this person, and we see him daily? Do we stop just because they reject us? No, every day. It's like, you know, it's parallel to when Jesus said, if your brother sins against you 70 times 7, forgive him 70 times 7. If somebody rejects you 70 times 7, offer it again. Offer it again. Amen? Not in, a, um, not in an arrogant way. I mean, if somebody says, don't talk, I never, don't never talk to me. Just, I don't want to, you know. Okay. But if somebody just says, no, that's okay. Or if, if you, if, again, if the Holy Spirit leads you to go over to them again, go over to them again. You know, one thing about being New Testament Christians is so much of this, you know, we can read in the Word and see what it, what it says to do, and these are the right things to do, and these are the correct things to do, but we still have to be led by the Spirit. Because there's so many different scenarios and opportunities and different things in life that we can't apply everything all at the same time. Right, So we're led by the Holy Spirit. Lord, what should I do in this situation? And we go from there. When we're showing kindness to people, we're showing kindness to God. Again, take every opportunity to show grace and mercy. Because we don't know who we're going to meet. Hebrews 13 says, Let brotherly love continue. Do not forget to entertain strangers. For by doing so, uh, for by doing so, but for by so doing, some have unwittingly entertained angels. Again, we don't know who we're showing compassion to. We don't know who we're showing grace to. I remember one time, it was January, and we were driving uh, to church. And, and um, it's probably four or five years ago. But I see this guy, and he's walking. 
on the sidewalk, and he's like, he's to himself, he's just he's just muttering something to himself, and he was really looked really upset, and you know, I, I'm pretty I'm a pretty cautious person, so I don't just I don't you know whether it's right or wrong, I don't just put myself out there a lot to just you know uh, you know just to do things because I don't know with the family and kids you just don't know. And so, but I was praying about it. We were going to church. I was praying about it. And I just felt the Lord say, no, go back and talk to him. And so, again, trying to use wisdom, I dropped the kids off and Angeline off. Actually, I might have been coming home from church and I dropped off the house. Anyways, but I went back and I just wanted to see if he was still there. And he was still in the same area. And again, it's January, it's cold. And so I just pull up and I just say, hi. And I introduce myself. Um, just as, you know, I live here in the community and stuff, and just, is there anything I can do for you? And, you know, it wasn't anything big, so I prayed with him, and, but I found out through conversation, he didn't have a place to stay. He didn't have any, he was slept under the trees uh, by the, the, by Hillcrest there. That's where he slept the night before, and it was probably 15 degrees. I mean, it was very, very cold. And he had a, he had a big jacket on, but still, that's not enough, and so actually, I, I just went with him. I, I took him to Walmart. And I just said, you know, what I can really do, do you want a tent? I mean, that's better than nothing. And so I just bought him a tent. I bought him a tent. So he had somewhere, someplace to sleep. Now, could I, you know, in that situation, could I have offered him a house? Yeah, but would that have been maybe smart? Well, no, the Holy Spirit wasn't telling me to do that. The Holy Spirit was telling me to get him a tent. If he wants a tent, get him a tent. So we're led by the Holy Spirit. And I didn't know this guy from Adam. And so, I don't know. I don't know his story. I don't know where he's at now. I know Crystal's, remember Crystal Smith, her brother, um, saw somebody in, in a rehab facility that probably was an angel and ministered to him and really showed him the right path. We don't know who we're going to meet throughout the day. Amen. We don't know who we're going to meet. And so we want to forget, we don't want to forget to entertain strangers. We don't want to forget to be led by the Holy Spirit to reach out to people. Reach out to people that are in need. Praise the Lord. Let's go to Matthew 9.35. You know, with opportunities, it's not about how big the gesture is but what the gesture means to the person we're giving it to. There isn't a lack of opportunities, but there's a lack of people that are taking opportunities. Matthew 9.35 says, Jesus went about all the city and villages, teaching in the synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitude, he was, he was moved with compassion for them, because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. So there's this harvest, this harvest of souls, and it's plentiful. There's a, there's a lot of opportunity. There's a lot of opportunity, but the laborers are few. And what happens if you have an, a big crop one year? Um, you know, now with all the machines, maybe different, but you don't, but you don't have enough laborers to, to get all the crop up before they die. Well, you're going to lose some of the crop, aren't you? So in 
spiritual terms, there's this huge harvest of souls. That people that are just crying out, that just want something bigger, want something more, but don't quite know what it is. But it says that the laborers are few. What is it saying? There's a bunch of opportunities for us. A bunch of opportunities for us. Not that we're going to hit everyone. There's so many times where I drive away from a situation and I think, ah, that was an opportunity. I missed an opportunity. And what does the Lord do? He gives us grace. He tells us things so that we can what? We can take advantage of the next time. So we want to make the most of our opportunities to sow good things. Amen? Because I guarantee you that the devil doesn't waste opportunities to sow evil. If we don't sow the good opportunities, he's going to sow the evil opportunities, right? He's going to take advantage of the opportunities to sow evil into people's life. 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So he's also looking for these opportunities. We have an adversary. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers and might and dominion. And so he's looking for opportunities as well to speak into people's life. We want to sow life before the devil sows death. Just like the lady in Sioux Falls um, who showed kindness to get to that boy before he ended his life, before the devil could tell him to take that final step. We don't know what's going on in the life of people we meet either. In your own life, the devil will look for opportunities to throw you off track. He's going to look for your most vulnerable points. And that's what he does. That's, he's, he's deceptive. He's going, to, he's going to try to cut you down at your highest. He's going to try to beat you down when you're at your lowest. Luke 4.13 in the Amplified, when, when, remember when the devil tempted Jesus, it said when he had ended every, the complete cycle of temptation, he temporarily left him. And that's what the devil will do. He's going to temporarily leave you. So you might think, you, you got, um, I, really, I really kicked this habit of drinking, or I really kicked this habit of smoking, and praise the Lord, that's great, but hold fast to the word because he's going to temporarily leave you in that area, but he'll come back. He'll test the fence. But he temporarily left him, that is, stood off from him until another more opportune and favorable time. And in our life, he's looking for favorable times. He's looking for events that happen in our life where he can sow doubt or he can sow pride or he can sow uh, uh, guilt. That's what he's looking for. Those are the opportunities he's looking for. And I always think, you know, Jesus, this was at one of his um, greatest times because the, the Holy Spirit just ascended on him and, and the Lord spoke to him through the clouds and he got baptized and he was out there and he's fasting and he's being ministered to and the devil comes and he has his opportunity. All right, I'm going to try to knock him down a few levels. <laughs> what do you do? Jesus, every temptation, he's able to stand on the word. So then, in my opinion, the next time that Satan really, you know, we, we see Satan show up again in his life, different demonic things and everything, but when he's in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he's at his lowest point, he knows what's about to happen. And Jesus is on his knees praying to the Lord, and I'm sure the devil sensed weakness. He thought, he's going to be weak here. And what does Jesus say? Lord, if this cup can pass from me, let it be done and the devil's like, that's my opportunity. But then Jesus says, but not my will, but your will be done. So he's going to attack you at your highest point, and he's going to attack you at your lowest point. 
And we want to take our opportunities to tell him who's in charge. Just like Jesus did. When, when he tries to attack us and he's looking for opportunity, turn it back around on him. Say, no, I'm not going to let you do this because I know who I am in Christ. I know what the Bible says about my situation. The Bible says uh, in James that we need to submit ourselves to God and then we resist the devil and he'll flee from us. But it first takes us to submit to God, to go to his word. Amen? The devil takes opportunity to deceive us, so we want to take our opportunity to tell him who's in charge. Pastor Dave was talking this morning about how sometimes when you go to read your Bible, you know, this sudden tired feeling comes over you. Or you have to go and you have to take out the trash, or you have to do yard work or different things and you never get back to it. And what that is, it's your spirit warring against your flesh, right? He kind of mentioned that this morning. Your spirit man is willing. Your spirit man wants to do these things, wants to get into the Word. Wow, it is late. <laughs> wants to get into the Word. Last time I looked up there, it was like, uh, it was like 7.10. But we want to get into the Word, right? But the devil takes this opportunity to get us through, the, through our flesh. The three temptations that Satan used against Jesus was the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, all having to do with our earthly nature, right? He's not going to attack the Holy Spirit. He's going to attack our flesh. He's not going to attack our spirit inside. He's going to attack the flesh inside of us. Matthew 26, 41, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Our spirit is on one side encouraging us to do the right thing. And the flesh is on the other side encouraging us to do the wrong thing. And what the devil wants to do is take something pure and pervert it. But what do we do? If, he, if there's an opportunity, we step in and we take the opportunity first. Right? If he wants to lie to, about you, lie to you about your situation, we say, no, the Lord my God shall supply all of my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm going to finish this sometime the next time I speak. Because I, I really believe, and the Lord's really been in my heart just stirring up a bunch of different topics. And I just think, in this day and age, with everything that go, that's going on, you know, where we live, because we can't, we, we can't control things that happen outside of our city, you know, state, country, really, I mean, with prayer and everything. But we really have, can have an impact where we live. Amen? So every opportunity that you get, Every opportunity, every, every, you know, it's really a spiritual transaction. Every time we talk to somebody, it's a spiritual transaction. And so every transaction that we get to be a part of, we're going to be sowing good things. We're going to be sowing grace and peace and love. And if we miss it, Lord, I'm sorry. I know I missed it, but I'm going to do better next time. Amen? And he's faithful just to forgive us. He's faithful and just to wash away the sin and forget that what we did wrong was even happening. He keeps no records of our wrongs. I'm, I'm pretty glad about that because I've had a lot of wrongs in the past. And I'm going to have a lot of wrongs in the future. But praise be to God that he gives us the grace to really carry out his will, to be ambassadors for him. Amen. I'm out of time. But Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you that you give us opportunities. Again, we don't take for granted the fact that we're ambassadors for you, that we are your mouthpiece to people, that, that what you say through us that we can, we can uh, express to other people through our New Testament filter, Lord. 
and we just give you all the praise and glory. I thank you for just blessing everybody here according to their need. Or whatever they ask of you, um, according to your will, Lord, it says in, your, in the word that you will do it for them. That they will receive what they ask, Father. And so we just declare and decree that tonight in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for just safety for everybody here and in, in different things that they have going on. I, I pray for promotions at work. Lord, just so they can have opportunities to uh, be a witness for you. And Lord, we give you all the praise and glory. We thank you so much for this huge honor of serving you. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God is good. God is good. Have a great night tonight, and uh, you are dismissed. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife@brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.